As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Safe Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's only gone fishing for compliments, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every weekend or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. All right, all right, all right. I'm Aaron Dicer, and he's my spirited and spunky co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, are you? Have you ever, like, are you a fisherman? Like, do you do the fishing thing? I have fished. I have as well, but I have never really enjoyed it. Has it been something you've enjoyed? Uh, I went uh, fishing in Alaska when I was there back in 2014, uh-huh. and I caught a a pike, 35 inch uh, salmon. Ooh, it was huge, and he was delicious. So like three feet, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I got a picture here. I, I thought you were going to is... say 35 foot, and I was like, "Whoa, what, what? did you catch?" Um, you know, I'm scared of the ocean, right? Yeah. So whenever I was younger, um, my Reason why I'm scared of the ocean. Here's the fish I caught, by the way. Nice. It's a good fish, right? That, that is a good fish. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, I would think it was like 10 or 11, my aunt took us deep sea fishing and she caught a barracuda and it jumped in the, and it jumped in the, in the boat mm. and it was, you know, flopping around and stuff. Barracuda. Yeah. And my uh, uncle stabbed it with the spear, and now they have it mounted on their wall. Oh, nice. It was huge, and it was terrifying because there's, I just saw teeth flying everywhere. Oh, hey, listen, <clears throat> I, I on our honeymoon, was snorkeling uh, on the beach, and I went under the, like, the area of the... They had, like, one of those... Um, what would you call it where you've got the, the safety darius where it's like no no, no where out? you walk out and there's a restaurant on a like a pier kind of thing oh yeah yeah, yeah there's just like a just a pier and so I went out were you they sitting sit- on the dock by the bay no I was snorkeling <laughs> under the dock by the bay um so uh under the boardwalk yeah uh no so we I was they said a lot of times the you'll see the coolest fish in the shadows under there well, like yeah. on a warm day or whatever they'll go in there to cool off and so. I get right up to the, you know, the pier and I stick my head under and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 10 feet. So not right in front of me, but 10 feet in front of me staring right at me is a barracuda. Oh, okay. And the gleaming teeth. Yeah. were And it was just looking at me. And I was like, slowly back away now. Slowly? 
<laughs> yeah, man. I'd have been back in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to spook it. I didn't be, want it to be like, ooh, that lunch looks fast. But you said you just stuck your head in. Like, were you like leaning down in or? I was snorkeling. I was in the but water, you, but man. But you said that you were walking down the pier and no, then no, you no, put no. your head. Swimming by the pier. Swimming by. And then you put, put my your, head underwater. So you were actually swimming. Okay. Yes. I was I submerged. Like, I thought you meant you were on the boardwalk. Oh, no. And then you just like, oh, I wonder what's under here. And then you just stuck your oh, head. Oh, no. In. I was like, that's a really weird no. thing to do, Aaron. But we, hey, we you were, do you. We were water buddies. I was submerged. That makes more sense to slowly oh, back away then. Man. Man, it was it was a bit freaky. It was yeah. a bit scary. Those those are some some nasty looking fish. Yeah. Um, my dad used to take me fishing, which, yeah. which I I enjoyed spending time with him. But the fishing itself just seemed like a whole lot of nothing for a whole lot of nothing. Uh, the purpose of fishing, for me at least, is not to actually catch fish. It's it's a time of reflection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I just don't get that. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> hey, if I want to, if I want to meditate, I'll just meditate. You know what I mean? Like, but you don't find the uh, the uh, the scenery or no, anything like that relaxing no, or calming. Okay, no, that's a little weird for me. I guess I'm not. I've never been that way with the out outdoors. Oh, okay, where it's like, oh yeah, the great outdoors. I'm like. Find me some walls. Find me some control temperatures. <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm a all of the great outdoors kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to get into some fun stuff. Um, before we kind of get the rundown here for you of what's going on today, I did want to give you a heads up about some Sif Pop stuff that's coming up two weeks from today. So we're recording this on uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, are we now? Yes, we are. What did he, what did he do? Did you see that shadow? <laughs> he he. Uh, whatever means spring's coming early, which has only happened like sixteen times in the history of Groundhog Day. Uh, happened uh, this year. Yes. So yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember if that's see a shadow, don't see a shadow, but whatever. He thinks spring's coming early. Yeah. Um. But two weeks from today, which would be the sixteenth of February, we're gonna throw some live video at you Woo! for the podcast. So if you've ever wanted to uh, see kind of what goes on in here, we're gonna test it out. See how it works and um, and kind of throw that up. I think we're going to do that on the YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to the Sif Pop YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash Sif Pop and uh, that should take you there. And, um, and we'll do it that way. Now, you can already listen live. And in fact, people are listening live when we record this most weeks through Spreaker, um, which you can just go to SifPop.com and see the Spreaker page. But uh, we figured that we might throw some uh, video on there. It might be a little more, uh, a little more fun, a little more interactive that way. So, guess I'm gonna have to start doing the show with my pants on. <laughs> well, what what you don't know is that's the reason I've actually included video, so that you would start wearing pants. Uh, I no. just I didn't know how to tell you. It's been uncomfortable for a while now. I thought that this was a very comfort and safe environment. <laughs> guess is. I was wrong. It is. It is. It's a it's a comfortable and safe <laughs> environment for you. Uh, it's just for the rest of us. <laughs> it becomes a little uncomfortable. Fair enough. Um, so that is two weeks from today on February 16th. Again, subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel if you want to know about that or follow on Twitter. We'll be doing announcements there. Also, the uh, Sif Pop Oscar game is in full swing. You can make your picks now at sifpop.com slash Oscars. So if you want to see how you stand up against the experts like Andrew, um, who has won this in the past. And I came in second the year before and to congr- you, I think, right? I think that is correct, yeah. yeah. So, And by the way, there's hundreds of people that in- enter this thing, so I don't yeah. know how we always end up towards the top. It's almost like we... Uh... Darn moonlight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so I would have won. You can check that out, sifpop.com slash Oscars, plural, sifpop.com slash Oscars. Get your entries in, and we will... Um, Get those locked in on the day of the Oscars and then see who can win. Uh, so excited about that. And then also the website's coming along too. So brand new sifpop.com coming to you at some point this year with a lot of new fun stuff. So thank you so much for hanging out with us and being involved in all the wonderful movie explore, exploration and pop culture fun that we get to do here. So we love you and appreciate you. All right, let's uh, let's kind of go over the show. We're going to have, of course, Barry Treasure at the end. Uh, we've got a Sift Quest today that was sent to us about finding the best supporting performance and main performance in the same movie um, that we think are award-worthy, even if they didn't win any awards, uh, which I think should be fun and interesting. And then we're going to review a couple movies. We're going to review uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, which released on Netflix. And then we're also going to take a look at Serenity, even though it's been out for a little bit, because it's just that kind of movie that people want to talk about. So 
Um, we talked about a little bit in the member show last time, but we're going to do a full review here today. Um, but first, we'll kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Four of them this week. Okay, let's it's do a it. Busy, Quattro. Busy, busy week. Number one, James Gunn is rebooting The Suicide Squad. Yeah. His film will feature an entirely new cast of villains. Wow. What do you think about this? Uh, I I mean, sure. Okay, fine. I'll watch it. Um, but I think it's strange that it's an entirely new cast of villains. I don't think the villains were the problem with the first one. In fact, I think some of that casting was good and interesting and fun. I think there were story problems and all sorts of other issues, but I liked the villains. So yeah. part of me is like, oh, man, I mean, the one thing I would want them to keep was maybe the characters. Well, the characters aren't going away because don't forget, you still have Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn in the yeah. Birds of Prey movie. This is just a new group. Sure. Because the Suicide Squad in DC lore, however you want to look at it, is pretty much a plethora of every single DC villain. If they ever get captured by Amanda Waller, uh, they see. become a member of the Suicide Squad. So it's it's fairly you know transitory in the comics anyway. Oh yeah, you uh, okay? Nemesis, uh, Killer Frost, Captain Cold, Poison Ivy, Black Spider, King Killer Shark. Frost. She's in the the Flash show. Yeah, right? she is. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, fine. Whatever. I don't know. It's so hard for me to know. I mean, uh, James Gunn made some good Guardians movies, you yep. know, so I know he knows how to direct. That's cool. But uh, it's kind of wait and see for me. There's too many factors. Cool. I did see the um, the fake uh, news headline that uh, Jimmy Gunnerson <laughs> had, been, um, had been hired to direct Guardians 3. <laughs> oh, the guy who and it was, did, and, and it was a picture of James Gunn with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right, so what else used, you got? They used to do that with Tom Brady, you know, like uh, the yeah, New yeah, England yeah. Patriots got their new quarterback. Yeah. Um, number two. Yep. You remember the Dark Universe? I do. You remember how they were going to do the Invisible Man with Johnny Depp? Yeah. Right afterwards. Yeah. Well, there's. Uh, it's kind of weird. Okay, so stay with me. Dark Universe. Universal Studios, not making them anymore. Right. Bloomhouse is. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp, not in it, but they are going to do an Invisible Man movie. It's going to be directed by Lee Wannell, who okay. did Upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about this? I, I think the Dark Universe was actually a decent idea. Again, yeah. it's just one of those things that didn't go the right way. Um I will be sad if Tom Cruise is not a part of it because I like Tom Cruise. It's kind of my same thoughts on the Suicide Squad thing. It's like the movie was bad, but I kind of like the characters. Okay, we can talk about the mummy right yeah. now, right? The how he ended up at, as the devil at the yeah. end of that movie. It just ended weird, and yeah. I don't know if I want. Well, he's not the devil. He's just the mummy. No, he was the devil. Remember, because it was like Tom Cruise. Yeah. No, he became the new mummy. No, he became. <sighs> Didn't he? No, he became the devil. This is the problem with this movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was, Okay, so like, I guess the movie was trying to say that across all lores, like the devil, Anubis, Hades, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. all the same entity. And he had to be possessed by that entity in order to defeat the mummy. Right. So I thought that made him the new mummy. No, I think he's just the devil. All right. I'm not going to rewatch the movie to find out. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, anyhow, yeah, go for it, Bloomhouse. Yeah. Bring it. They know they do pretty good horror films. Yeah. They, I mean, they do some not so good horror films, but yeah. I think their track record. They can bring the Dark Universe back from the dead. Hey. Yeah, they sure can. Hey, phone, you want to unlock for me? Okay. <laughs> uh, ooh, number three. I like this one. Edgar Wright says that he is working on the Baby Driver sequel, but his next film is going to be a true psychological horror film. Oh. What do you think about Edgar Wright doing horror? Interesting. Well, he's kind of done horror before, right? Sh Shaun of the, the Dead. The second half of Shaun of the Dead. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about Shaun of the Dead is it's just as good a zombie movie as it is a comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's So I, he's obviously got skills to do different genres. 
Um, Edgar Wright is, I think we talked about on when we talked about like our highest percentage directors, like he is five for five in my book. Like he just yeah. keeps making directing great movies. So until he doesn't, I mean, I don't know how to how to do anything but get excited about whatever he wants to put his hands to. I really like The World's End. What did you think of it? I love The World's End. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, like a lot. A lot of people don't for some reason. I don't get that. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked for this. I think with, um, yeah, we talked about, you know, him doing Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. But I think even the way he uses the camera, you know, he does those, you know, interesting, you know, motion like snaps. It's not going to be, I hope it's not going to be, you know, like jump scares is how he uses that thing that he always has in his movies. He, I don't think he will. He's too smart of a director I to do like that. I feel like you're right, yeah. Yeah. But still, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm excited too. And finally, this is interesting, James Gandolfini's son mm-hmm. is going to be playing Tony Soprano in a Sopranos film prequel. I'm closer to the not care side of this than the do care side of this just because I've never watched The Sopranos. I haven't so, um, so I speak from ignorance. Uh, it, it just happened before I was able to really watch HBO stuff. It, you know, it was one, kind of one of those early HBO prestige. Some people call it the show that really started prestige television. Yeah. Um, and kind of the new era we're in. And I just was not, um, I just, it just was not on my radar. Until long after the fact. I think you and I have talked about it before. Like, there's just some shows they seem too big of an undertaking. That's a big one. It's a lot of seasons. Yeah, it's a lot of seasons. Um, So, I'm in the same boat as you. I think I've watched one episode. I think I watched the pilot of The Sopranos. See, I haven't even done that. What did you think of the pilot? Uh, It's been so long. I think it was okay. For I know you don't like mob stuff. Well, that's that's the other thing is I I feel like this is one of those shows that's going to make me want to be friends and root for... You know, bad people. Yeah. And that's, that, that is rough on me. Yep. Uh, 86 episodes of The Sopranos. Yeah, I don't so. have time. <laughs> I don't have time. I mean, we do, though, right? Like, we all make time for the things we want to make time for. Yeah. We, uh, both I you, don't, and I you and could, I don't want to make time. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly That's a better way to put However, it. However, I do think it's cool. I think uh, Straight out of Compton used the same kind of thing to really great effect um, with using the child of somebody to play that person. Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally on board, um, with that idea. I think it can work. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. And it's a movie, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. I probably will end up watching it even though I haven't watched any of the Sopranos. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. That'll be an interesting perspective. I think we might have to get somebody on the show who actually, I think we should, I think we should try to do that when, when we can, um, you know, to have at least, you know, somebody who is a Sopranos watcher or expert because the r in sopranos is a gun yeah it is in case you didn't know yep it's very important boom boom that's the sound of a gun oh thank you yeah the bullets coming out of the gun yep Hmm. shells shells yeah well the bullets come out of the gun and then the shells come out of the gun yeah after the bullets because they've left their shells yeah i think is how that works yeah Is that going to wrap it up for Do We Care? That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Nice. All you're, right. You were waiting for me and I totally forgot. <laughs> I have one job in the show and I got a C. Hey, listen, mi- anytime you can have a conversation about bullets and shells, yeah. you know? I got a C plus for Do We Cares today. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, some reviews. Let's kick it off with a uh, little talk on Serenity. Good to see you, John. It took so long to find you. What do you say? Say I'm not called John anymore. It's funny, huh? Where would you want to find me? My husband has never seen your face. You were right about him. He's violent with you. What's this? Just a little scratch. A little scratch, huh? I want you to take him out on your boat and drop him in the ocean for the sharks. Baker Dill is a fishing boat captain who leads tours off the tranquil enclave of Plymouth Island. His peaceful life is soon shattered when his ex-wife, Karen, tracks him down. Desperate for help, Karen begs Baker to save her and their young son from her abusive husband. Thrust back into a life that he wanted to forget, Baker now finds himself struggling to choose between right and wrong. And that is what this movie is about. Supposedly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's the thing with Serenity. I'm excited to talk uh, to you about this. 
We will do a sift spoil on Serenity, uh, where we will go into depth in some of the crazier parts of this movie, the different things that happen, but we're going to keep it very spoiler free right now with just some general thoughts. And since I've already kind of talked about this, I'd like to hear you first, Andrew, what are some of your uh, general thoughts? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I really liked it. Liked it? Really liked it? Really liked it. Like bordering on loved it? Yeah. Wow. Nice. I know. Yeah, I'm solidly in the uh, didn't like it camp on this and one. And I know, because we, we talked about it in the pre-show, Uh huh. and uh, I went to go see this movie, and I'm like, I wonder if you saw the same movie. I like this, I like this <laughs> well, a tell lot. Me, tell me what you like about it. Maybe okay. I'll agree with you. So Malcolm Reynolds and the crew of the Firefly are back in action, and I am so <laughs> Oh, yes, you stoked. did see a different movie. Oh, okay. I, yeah, you saw the wrong movie. I apologize. Darn. That should have been more clear. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, McConaughey, we got, who else do we have? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Diane Lane. Yeah. And Jason Clark, who does not get enough credit for how good he is. Jason Clark is very good. Um... Directed and written by Stephen Knight. He did Locke. He mm-hmm. did Peaky Blinders. He's done so many good things. And I think that the directing in this movie is probably going to be the thing that I love most about Okay, it. and tell me what you see about the directing that makes you go, okay, this is a movie that is well-directed. World-building. And I think the way that he captures the Plymouth you know, world you mm-hmm. know, and the way that this entire fishing island community is set up and stuff like that, the way that... The shots that he chooses actually build in your mind how everything is laid out on this island okay. and the way that he is able to. I know that's more uh, D or director of photography, but I think the DP has to listen to what the no, director that's fine. wants. No, director gets a lot of credit for all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. he's the one overseeing it, making sure it happens. You know, directors get pr- uh, credit for performances too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, the director has a lot uh, on their plate. So, yeah. yeah. Um, going on to uh, performances. Yeah. You were not really a fan of, if I rem- remember correctly, Anne Hathaway in this movie. She just didn't no. connect with you. Yeah, totally. I really like McConaughey, and I really like Anne Hathaway. The uh, the whole the triangle, I'll just call it the triangle, between those two and Jason Clark, I mm-hmm. found riveting. I found it tense. Um, Interesting. You throw in Diane Lane and Diamon Hansu, who I love Diamon Hansu so much. He's mm-hmm. such a good actor. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it a really interesting movie. The movie, pardon the pun, it lures you in uh-huh. with this whole old man in the sea vibe. You know, I liked that part. That I was one of my too. favorite parts. But then, is it is it spoilers to say there's a twist? Uh, it can be spoilers to say there's a twist. Okay. The way that this, but there's a twist. Yeah, the way this <laughs> I think movie, people know there's a twist in this movie, but the way the movie progresses and the way that people talk to one another seemed very out of place. Mm-hmm. But once the story progressed to a certain point, once I looked back, it all made sense, and I got excited to see this movie again and watch it with that mindset and that mm-hmm. knowledge to see. Oh, so this is what they meant by this, and this is what they meant by this. I always am a sucker whenever that happens in a movie. And the movie really has... The revisiting thing. Exactly. The movie really does have overtones of free will and, you know, God and Adam and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And, and of course, Old Man in the Sea. But I think that's more, you know, hands on the surface. You know, it's not really a hidden meaning of the movie. But... uh. The way the movie progressed, and after after that whole progression, I was like, "Oh, I am in now." I found it fascinating. Mm. Not yeah, you. I, no, I had the opposite experience. Okay. Um, I will say I knew where this movie was going really early. What? Really early, and that's no. Again, we've said this before. Knowing a twist is coming is A, not an indication that you're a smart movie watcher or not a smart movie watcher. It's also B, not uh, necessarily an uh, indication of that's a good thing or a bad thing. You can know a twist is coming and still have a great experience. Um, But once I had that figured out, nothing in the movie made sense to me. Well, I shouldn't say nothing made sense to me. I got what the movie was trying to do. It just was, it, it lost its purpose to me in many ways. Uh, I was not invested um, in the things the movie was trying to make me invested in. Um, this is a movie that I'm trying to think of a way to say this without spoiling. Um, 
I'll just say the main point of this movie is barely a part of this movie. And it, it because of that, it's very difficult. F- it was very difficult for me to get involved in what the movie was trying to show me because I didn't feel like it mattered. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, can you well, see, at least see where I'm coming from? I think before I understand we get into what you're saying, but I'm going to have to wait to spoilers to, yeah, yeah. Of to course. quote unquote counter that. Right. Yeah, of course. And we'll have a, a more deep conversation about it in spoilers. But I, I felt like knowing where, where we were headed and watching it with those eyes that you're talking about revisiting it with, and mm-hmm. I will be interested to hear your thoughts once you revisit it, um, it just made the whole thing muted. Uh, to me, watching it the first time, so, um, so yeah, it was an interesting experience for me. And the thing about stuff making sense in hindsight, as far as like performances, that kind of stuff, that's something I didn't like about it. I didn't like that there was that handcuff for people who I generally think are good performers. It was more dialogue than performances that was off-putting in the beginning. I, I but think- once I understood what the dialogue was actually the intention behind it then i was uh-huh. like oh, okay so yeah i think we're talking about maybe two separate things then i, I agree yeah. with the di- I'm, i agree with you on the dialogue being uh, what you're talking about but i think even the performances were specifically impacted by uh, what this movie is All and right. in a negative way as far as the ability for performance to do what i wanted them to do okay um so yeah so i think we just kind of had opposite reactions to the same thing i don't feel like we saw different movies necessarily well we almost did i saw the nathan filling one first <laughs> yeah luckily though i quickly remedied that um so i think as far as positives go i'll just say i think that there is some real beauty in this movie i think the the visuals of this movie are stunning at times uh like i said the old man in the sea um aspect to this movie i found uh, really engaging, really fun and interesting. Um, and again, maybe that's part of my bummers. It didn't really go back to that that much. It used it in a much different way than I was hoping it would. Um, and part of that's on me. I don't like to put that on the movie just because I wanted something different. Well, the movie wanted to do what the movie wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, but it does have an impact kind of on how you experience something. Of course it does. Um, so Expectations always play a factor whenever sure, you're reviewing sure, of course. a movie. Um, I think as far as performances go, Matthew McConaughey was the standout for me. Oh, um, yeah. I, I thought he did incredible work here, despite some of the handcuffing that kind of goes on in this. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think that that's a decent performance. Um, but yeah, there was just too much, too much nonsense. I would call it nonsense. You know, there was, there was a lot of nonsense for me to, to work through, to try to find, Something I liked in overall the, what this movie decides to be and where it decides to go, I think short circuits my ability to really care much about it. Fair enough. So, and we'll talk more about the reasons why <laughs> in the Sif spoil. Nice. Just don't want to ruin it for you in case yep. you haven't seen it. Um, here's the interesting thing it is one of those movies, as much as I didn't care for it, by the way, it's not a huge, strong dislike for me. It's like just under. You know, okay, kind of didn't like it. Yeah, kind. It's it's a kind of didn't like it more for me. So it's you know it's just just bridging into the didn't like it for me. But um, here's the thing with something like this, I still think it's one I would say, hey, yeah, go you know check it out. You know, um, if it hops on Netflix or you know is around or whatever, you know, see it. So it's an interesting weird. Didn't like it, but recommend. It's a it's one of those recommends you have to know who you're recommending it to. It's not right. a, a very broad, hey everybody go see this. It's like you, you go see this movie. Yeah. You, nah. This movie had an interesting fascination with Naked McConaughey, though. Um he is so naked so many times in this movie in like in weird ways. Like some of that some of that stuff when he's swimming, yeah. it's like he's contorting his body just so you can see his butt. Yeah. It's really strange. The, Am I wrong about that? I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, no, there's right. nudity in, in different movies or whatever, but the the McConaughey nakedness in this movie felt weird to me. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's part of the, the foundation of the movie as you're well. Not a, you're not a fan of the McConaughey butt. Yeah. Mm. It also feels like a, a weird choice considering the actuality of See, okay, so that's going to lead into another, uh, an actual con for me. A spoiler con? No, it's not a spoiler oh, okay. con. So there are parts of this movie knowing the... Spoiler. The spoiler, I guess I could say. I was just about to say something else. But uh, yeah. the way that uh, the story progresses and you the reveal, uh, you're like, oh, okay, so 
that's really what's going on, and they, mm-hmm. they really want that to be yeah, a focal exactly. point. The whole Diane Lane, while I think her performance is really good, but it's just, it's strange. Yes. Is, is the best way I could say Yeah. Uh, before we get into spoilers. But, you know, uh, also pacing in this movie, there's a little bit of a lull right around the naked McConaughey swimming <laughs> part of this. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then there's actually some uh, camera movements right before that scene that didn't really make sense to me. Don't they, though? They... I think they do. I think they're intentional, and I think they do. Yeah, but... This is the part where I argue that the movie is better than you. Um, (laughs) I don't think that those styles of camera movements... Make sense for what else is going on in this? No, it's just I don't think that it really lends it or... uh, improves i guess i could say like if i were to go back and watch it again i'm like okay it's it's not really that big of a ah screw it forget it (laughs) we're talking about spoilers let's bring it up again it's it's so minimalistic of a negative in my mind it doesn't even well it's interesting because it's a negative in your mind it's a it's a minimalistic negative in your mind it's a minimalistic positive in my mind so that's what makes it fascinating to (laughs) me nice so we will revisit it in the spoilers movies yeah we will revisit that in the sip spoil for (laughs) sure but overall i think it's a recommend from both of us just with a lot of cautions from me yeah um and maybe even a couple cautions from you but it's just one of those weird movies that you kind of have to see to understand what people are talking about yeah so interesting tough interesting stuff it makes um, me excited to and, actually see an old man in the sea movie and oh yeah for sure yeah absolutely i was also gonna say i've often talked about big swings this is a big swing i like big swings you know so i will give the movie credit for taking a big swing it just missed with me it's different from everything he's done too yeah it shows oh, me that sure. Stephen knight has range in the way he this types of stories he tells the way he tells those stories if you were to tell me that this movie was made by the same guy who did lock i'd be like what <laughs> right yeah so uh-huh. or and even peaky blinders i can understand peaky blinders and lock you know they kind of had that dark kind of monotone you know mm-hmm. pacing to them this is totally different yeah yeah fascinating stuff yeah um so so there you go there's some thoughts on serenity it is one of those movies where Go see it. Make sure you've got the Sif Spoil downloaded, and you know we'll have a much deeper conversation about it there. Yep. Uh, but until then, let's go to the next movie, Netflix's Velvet Buzzsaw. It's brilliant. Demand has people ready to kill. Have you ever heard of an artist named Ventral Deals? No, not in our records, and we have everyone. The artist used blood to create the reddish blocks. You ever notice anything about this painting? Look at it long enough. It moves. You spent decades in a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. There is some sort of power. Some spirit. It's connected to his art. After paintings by an unknown artist are discovered, a supernatural force enacts revenge on those who have allowed their greed to get in the way of art. It's a very simple description, and really it's a very simple concept. Um, This is Dan Gilroy uh, working again with Jake Gyllenhaal, who worked together on the incredible and incredibly underrated uh, movie Nightcrawler. Although I guess underrated, maybe underseen. That's is, a better way. Is a better way to say it. Because I think it was rated fairly highly by most people who saw it. Oh, I just don't think, I think a lot of people saw it. I don't think I've met a single person who saw Nightcrawler and didn't think it was anything less than amazing. I, it is uh, one of Jake Gyllenhaal's, you know, Mount it is Rushmore. His best, it is his best performance. performance. Yeah, I, I think it's certainly within that argument. Um, so it's great to see them back together. Dan Gilroy, I think the sibling of Tony Gilroy? Aren't they brothers? Sure. <laughs> I think yes, I, he is. Okay, cool. Um, and kind of, you know, started as a writer, uh, in doing other things in movies. He was involved in the. Um, he did the Born. He wrote some of the Born movies. Um, and Dan Gilroy specifically was a part of the um, the Superman movie that never got made. The Nick Cage one. The Nick Cage Superman debacle kind of thing. And he and I've heard him talk about the fact that that changed his perspective on things. And he was just like, look, I'm just going to make movies that I want to make. Uh, and that gave us Nightcrawler and now Velvet Buzzsaw, which is on Netflix. 
Yep. Um, which is more in is going to increasingly more and more become a part of where we see first run movies, which is exciting mm-hmm. to me uh, and interesting to me. But anyways, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with liked it. Okay. For Velvet Butts. Like right dead center of liked it. Nice. Not heavy liked it. Not light liked it. Liked it. Well, I'm going dead center of it was okay. <laughs> That's dead center of everything. Yes. Um. There's yeah. The, there are some flaws here. Yeah. But I I the things that I enjoyed were enough to bring it up for me into that that like it category. Okay. So let's talk about some of those. What were some of the things you liked about it? Performances all around. Everybody is so good. The right. chemistry between this group of artists and critics and uh. I don't know what you would call like uh, inv- not investors, but sure, a, sure. something like that. You know, well, and, and what a cast too. You've got Jake Gyllenhaal, of course. You've got uh, Tony Collette. Yep, Renee Russo. Uh, Renee Russo, David Diggs, who I'm loving uh, in stuff. David Diggs, who I didn't realize when I saw him in Blind Spotting, it was it took Blind Spotting for me to realize he was the original um, Aaron Burr on Broadway in Hamilton. Um, and that's kind of where he got his big prominence, and now he's popping into movies. I didn't know that. And he's just, he's so good. I love David Dix. Yep. Um, so it was great to see him here And as Malkovich. Well. John Malkovich in this as well. Yeah. So, yeah, a really interesting cast doing really great stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think out of all of them, I think that either Zawi Ashton or Jake Gyllenhaal or like the prominent performances, I was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you too." And I don't really remember Zawe Ashton from much of anything before. I guess she was in that Nocturnal Animals movie. Okay, all right. That was also. I don't remember Jake. her from that, but I don't either. But uh, it was another uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, she's super good in this. And okay. This is going to sound like a con because it's, it's a two-parter, pro okay. and con all in one. There are elements of this movie when it's only about the art world and critiquing and placing a value on something. That is the part of the movie I find fascinating. Right? Whenever it gets into the supernatural element of this movie that's when it falls off for me. Mm. I think that if they cut out that supernatural element and they focused more on this group of people who found this art, this unknown artist who died, and then they were fighting for, you know, his art and to make it more uh, popular and more profitable, if they stuck with that and they made it more ruthless and just an insight into this world, this would have been an amazing amazing movie counterpoint okay i think the horror slash supernatural slash thriller moments of this movie are what make it a good movie um and the reason i say that is because those are the elements in this movie that are saying something those are the elements in this movie that are more so you're you're being introduced to this world that you don't know, which I always love when a movie can do that. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like, yeah. oh, this is cool to watch how this works and who these people are. And to, you know, can I see Jake Gyllenhaal as this art critic and well, what a great performance. But it's the it's the supernatural. There's almost a satire element to it. You know, the, the idea that he is saying something about the art world. He's saying something about creating art by talk by using these kind of over the top horror thriller type elements once i locked into that that's what actually really impressed me about this movie was kind of the the satire or the metaphor about what he's saying about what it means to be an artist and what it means to separate you know the art from the person making it and and those kind of things i i I found that stuff even more fascinating than just the stuff about the art world. So how does the supernatural element play into that and you liking it so much? Well, that's that's the stuff where he gets to talk about, you know, what is destructive about the art community? What is it that, um, we, you know, where that line is? That's how he he's able to draw that line. So you're say, looking more at the supernatural element as metaphorical for just the yeah, way? Okay. Or, or satirical. In or satirical, of, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, and I, I found that fascinating. I found that yeah. interesting. Um, you know, the the uh, 
uh, I don't, yeah, it's just, it's such a small detail. I'm not going to count it as a spoiler. So sure. close your ears for a few seconds if you're, don't even want to hear a small detail, but there's an accident one of the characters gets into. It's kind of the first moment of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And the name of the gas station he, you know, wrecks into just is humble. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. Little, you know, clues and cues and kind of stuff about, you know, what it means to, you know, why these people are being destroyed. Why, you know, what they could do better. Um, and those supernatural moments are also cool. Are they? Like, yes. That first, the first. Mm. All right. We're gonna have to wait to spoilers to to talk about. The first one. Right. Okay. And and there's this first moment where you're like, did that just happen? And then it becomes obvious that it happened. And it's like, I just, I found that fascinating. I found the, um, I found, let's just say, uh, dripping. I found that fascinating and beautiful and clever and interesting. Um, I, th- I think Dan Gilroy is a, is a director to watch. I think like the I'll way. I'll agree with you on that. I, the way he sees the world and the way he shoots the the world is is very fascinating to me very interesting um and not to mention the the final i'm just going to say final reveal even though technically but you might know what i'm talking about it's quite a moment um is i i found it breathtaking i was like oh i did not see that coming oh that's interesting oh art is all around us and we don't even think about it you know yeah and um i don't know i just found the whole thing you know, fascinating. So yeah, it was, there was a lot for there, a lot there for me to enjoy about what was going on here. Cool. I wish I saw your movie. <laughs> well, again, some... again, I thought it was just okay. So there yeah. were parts of the movie that I liked, but, uh, what brought it down for you though? I think I took the horror element at face value, whereas you found satirical and metaphorical. I just mm-hmm. took it as it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, mm-hmm. Me and you, not a fan of horror movies, but yeah. you found that this one said something. Right. Whereas I didn't. It reminded me of Get Out in that way. Uh, well, uh, that's high praise. Well, uh, I said reminded. Okay. I don't think it pulls off that magic trick as well as Get Out does. Okay. But it's the same kind of idea, right? It's a movie that's using horror tropes to, to say something thing. deeper, you yeah. know, to say something more meaningful. So yeah. it reminded me of that. Fair enough. That actually makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, that just it just didn't hit me on that level. I didn't mm-hmm. see it like that. So I'm sure that if I went into the movie with those eyes, and again, my negative comes down to preferential. I would have more preferred to see a movie about the inner workings of this world and the, I guess you could say, the volatile, the greed, mm-hmm. the uh, that kind of element, I would have found to be a far more fascinating film. Yeah. And I think this movie is talking about that stuff in an interesting way. You know, I think it's bringing light to how far off base modern art commerce is from actual artistry. Yeah. Uh, It makes that point a couple times at the end of the movie. Yeah. um, That I found very interesting, including this beautiful scene over the end credits that I won't spoil. Um, but there's an not an in credit scene in that you have to go through credits and then see it, but an in credit scene as the credits happening are during while the credits are rolling. Yeah, that I found touching. I actually found it really moving and interesting, and it and it really brought home what I felt was the entire theme of the movie about what art really is and what it should be and what creating something. And it comes from again what Dan Gilroy has been through in the industry. Where he has tried to create, but the commerce has strangled him. You know, the, the commerce has killed him in, in many ways. But, you know, that final scene, I think, is saying, look, there's a way to still be an artist, just, you know, and not get lost in the commerce as much. So it's fascinating. That battle between art and commerce is, is always going to be a real interesting kind of tug yeah. of war. So, oh, the best part of this movie for me is... Um, uh, putting a value on something and right. justifying that value, I find I found that to be the most fascinating. And I guess that okay. So if the movie had dealt with it in not a supernatural way, I know the supernatural is also a medical metaphor for sure. the art itself, you know. Right. Um, but if they would have been a if the movie would have been more just upfront and realistic and dealt with it that way. I would have been okay with it, which sure. is weird because in another movie that actually reminds me of this movie is Black Swan. Mm, yeah. 
which I, is also dark and satirical and metaphorical. And also a horror movie, uh-huh. a true horror movie. That's but, a great comparison, actually. But I think that uh, Black Swan did it so much better. Mm. So much better. Yeah. I think Black Swan did it better. I wouldn't say so much better, necessarily. I think, mm, well, I and I think Aronofsky does this in his, you know, Mother is... A mother! Lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Yeah. Mother! There you go. Is, uh, is also that way, so... Um, but yeah, I, I this is a this is again a cautious recommend for me just because you know how strange it is. But I found some some things to chew on that I really like. If you appreciate performances, then I think this is one to see because I think mm-hmm. everybody here is you know really knocking it out of the park. And it's a role for Renee Russo I hadn't seen really. She is um, she is Dan Gilroy's wife. Did you know that? I do now. So there you go. Huh. So good job, Dan. Yeah, I also, the names in this movie, Morph. It's weird, you know, I think that they're... Um, Rodora, Rodora Hayes. Yeah, do you think that these are more like a, what, what not stage names, but what would you call them, you know, like a, some, like people like, hey, I'm going to go down to the to the SSN office, I'm going to get my uh, get name, n- changed. name changed. Yeah, I think pseudonym. This, yeah, exactly. A pen, pen name, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. No, I think they're just the names of the characters. Okay. I think Dan Gilroy likes making up cool names. That's what I would guess. Uh, so there you go. That is Velvet Buzzsaw. Before we head on to the Sif Quest for this week, unless you had one more thing. Do you have anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm good. All right. We'll talk. We'll do a little bit of a Sif spoil on this too, uh, so we can talk about a couple things. Um, before we get on to the Sif Quest, though, uh, thank you for your membership at SifPop.com. Uh, I should say at Patreon.com slash SifPop. Starts at three bucks a month. Some pretty fun stuff there. You get uh, bonus episodes every week that come in your own podcast feed. Uh, you also get a monthly hangout uh, where we get to chat. You get to ask questions uh, directly to me. Um, and coming soon in the near future, you'll also get early access to all sorts of other things that will be coming on the new SifPop.com. So if you want to be a member, it's very simple and very appreciated. Just go to patreon.com slash SifPop. All right, let's get on to our SIF quest this week. And as always, if you have a quest you'd like to send us on, uh, make sure you hit us up at feedback at SIFPOP.com or uh, via Twitter. You can hit at SIFPOP or at Aaron Dicer with those Twitter questions. Um, This one comes from G's2100 on Twitter, who says, What movie, similar to Dallas Buyers Club, so that's the example he gives, do you think could have taken both best actor and supporting actor Maybe a movie with best actress in supporting. Uh, thanks for listening. So how I took this was just best main lead performance and best supporting performance. I didn't really think about the genders uh, too much going along with it. Um, I have three examples of, in my mind, the top movies that have a mind-blowing supporting performance and a mind-blowing lead performance um, that both didn't win awards. I think one of them, one of them may have won an award. But in no case did both of them win the award. So I have three. How many did you? Three. Three? All right. Well, let's just go back and forth. You want to start? Sure. Uh, The Big Lebowski. I almost put The Big Lebowski. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. Oh, man. Actually, I think John Goodman, this is his best performance he's ever given in his entire career. It is a great choice. And the only reason I didn't put it is because I really like my other three choices. And one of them already has Jeff Bridges in it. That's fair enough. Um, But Big Lebowski is a phenomenal Bridges performance and Mm -hmm. a phenomenal Goodman performance. Uh, That's a great choice. The chemistry between those two guys the fact that they haven't done really a movie together since is it's kind of heartbreaking you know because they're so good together yeah 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 what you got in fact i have a a jeff bridges movie and a separate coen brothers movie so the big lebowski (laughs) would would have checked off you know two of those boxes already in other places Uh, i'm gonna start with my jeff bridges movie jeff bridges as the uh lead performance and then ben foster as a supporting performance Ah. in hell or high water you Um, put uh Jeff Bridges is the lead in that movie? I'm sorry, reverse it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the the Ben Foster and the Jeff Bridges performances are absolutely spectacular. Oh, no argument here. Thing. So, yeah, good stuff. Oh, so good. Yep. What else you got? Uh, I know you're going to be mad. Prisoners, lead, <laughs> Hugh Jackman supporting Paul Dano. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think this is hands down easily, easily Hugh Jackman's best performance mm. he's ever given in his entire career. And Paul Dano, I think maybe I would like his performance more from uh, There Will Be Blood, but 
he's asked to do something really interesting here, and I think that he walks a very fine line between doing something like phenomenal or it could just be considered over the top. And I think that he was right there on the phenomenal line for me. Nice. So, uh, mine is next one is Fargo with oh, yeah. uh, Francis McDormand and William H Macy. Uh, Francis McDormand is the lead performance. Well, sure, yeah. H. Macy is the supporting. I think they're both giving killer embodiments of both the cultural type of person as well as the authenticity of the character. That's not always easy to do. No, yeah. You know what I mean? And they both do such a great job at it. That scene with them in the uh, the used car lot, you know, mm-hmm. or in his office, you know, it's, it's iconic. Yeah. You know, gotta yeah. love it. Number ones? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Gangs of New York. Best lead performance, Leo, and supporting performance, I'm going to put in Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, Anytime you can get DDL in a supporting performance, you're, you're doing great. He was nominated for lead actor for that movie. For that role? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think it's supporting. He lost to um, the pianist. Who was that? Uh Ah, oh, come on, Andrew. Brain, work! Uh, Adrian Brody. He lost to Adrian Brody in The Pianist that yep. year. Shouldn't have. He is... Bill the Butcher is like one of the scariest characters ever to be on cinema. Um, but yeah, I still would have put him as supporting, and I would have put Leo as lead. And I think that they both should have won. It's my second favorite movie of all time. Very nice. Uh, I think I have the correct answer for my number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like I like everything we've mentioned. I just cannot think of two more spectacular performances in the same movie that are so clearly lead and supporting. Okay. I'm going with Daniel Kaluuya and Betty Gabriel from Get Out. Um, Betty Gabriel's per- supporting performance in that movie is mind-blowing. The stuff that she conveys behind her eyes... Is, oh, that one scene where she's saying no uh, over and over again. Yeah, he's so good. And Daniel Kaluuya is phenomenal in that movie. Um, so yeah, I love both of those performances. Um, so was Kaluuya nominated? I don't know if he even was. Uh, I I mean I know there was talk of him being nominated. Yeah, uh, that was just a couple years ago, right? Yeah, it was 2016, 2016. Could be. Um, but yeah, I I just think he he's phenomenal in that movie. No, you're right. Uh, it should have been like either an honorable mention or it should have been in my top three. You're absolutely right. Um, so there you go. Thank you so much for that question. We appreciate it again. If you've got one for us, make sure you let us know. And yes, it does appear that Daniel Kaluuya was nominated uh, for best actor that year. Brava! Woo! Good job, buddy. Good job, nomination people. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I think all we've got left then is our bird treasure. Bird treasure. What do you got? What's uh, what's something you want to let people know about from any area of pop culture? New show you should check out. Animated show called Genlock. Genlock. Yep. G E N. Okay. Um, kind of a uh, combination of. Do you remember the old 1980s show Centurions? It was no. an animated cartoon. Okay, mix that with some Pacific Rim and except no alien element, but, you know, okay. uh, giant robots, you know, and, you know, uh, connecting via the mind. Animated show brought to you by Rooster Teeth, the people who gave us Ruby and Red versus Blue. Listen to this cast, okay? Okay. Michael B. Jordan. That's good. Dakota Fanning. Like it. David Tennant. Nice. William A- or uh, Macy Williams. I almost said William H. Macy. William H. Macy and yeah. Macy Williams yeah. are two different things. They are. But, yeah, Macy Williams. <laughs> That's a pretty stellar cast. Listen, you had me at David Tennant. That's yeah. all you need to tell me. If yeah. David Tennant's in it, I will see it. Yeah. It's really good, too. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, I think, three... How's the writing? Is the writing good? Yeah. I think that the writers over uh, Rooster Teeth are very underrated. I th- if you watch R- Ruby, then you'll understand, oh, no, these people actually know what they're doing. So, mm. yeah, I really like the writing, too. Every once in a while, um, there is a show that I really enjoy, that I just can't fully explain why I love it so much. Okay. This is one of those kind of shows that I'm about to give you uh, for my buried treasure. Uh, Future Man Season 2 has debuted on Hulu. I like Future Man. Oh, I find it hilarious. It's funny. It is so funny. Is it profane? Oh, yeah. 
Intentionally. Intentionally so. Is it over the top? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, is it ridiculous? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, every episode I watch, I'm just like laughing. And I think the performances are so perfect for the tone of the show. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I, and, and here's the thing that puts it over the edge. It's one thing to have writers who can make me giggle, make me laugh, you know, make me, you know, write characters that are interesting. It's another thing when you combine that with some of the most thought provoking and fascinating world building in sci-fi that's on television. Um, it almost gets lost by how ridiculous this show is, how smart this show is with some of the sci-fi. Yeah. There's some time travel stuff in season two that deals with the actual consequences of time travel mm -hmm. in a certain, you know, because butterfly do, affecting. Right. But you can do time travel in different ways, you know, but the way they decide to do it here, um, which is kind of back to the future style. Yeah. Is just hilarious and fascinating. Um, that hallway scene, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give anything away, but... In you, season two? Yeah, have you watched all of season two? I haven't started season two oh, yet. Oh, well, then I'm definitely not going to give anything away. Okay. But I will tell you, there is a hallway time travel scene that is mind-blowing. Okay. And wonderful and great. It's a Hulu original, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. So, um, again, fair warning. It's this, not for everybody. This show will go anywhere. It is, it is no fear of saying things or showing things or whatever. Just be aware of that. And then know that it's a very, very funny show. Yeah. And fascinating sci-fi stuff. So, there you go. Keith David is hilarious in that show. Which one is he? Uh, Keith Because I don't know the actors' names from that show. I he should. He was the, um, the old uh, actual professor in the season one. Keith David. Oh, yes. I found yeah. him hilarious. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment was so, so funny yes. in this show. And um, Josh Hutcherson is the main. Uh, who plays the main character. Hilarious. Uh, Eliza Coop uh, plays Tiger. Yep. She's so great. Derek Wilson <laughs> Derek plays Wolf. Wilson. Okay, Derek Wilson's my favorite part of the entire show. Yeah. Derek Wilson, hands down. So great. I, listen. That, that over the top voice. There's some things it's that like happen in season two with Wolf. That are just I listen. I here's the other part. I'm is, glad you. I like have the show. nobody to talk to this show. Like I don't know anybody in my close circle that is watching this show. Yeah. So I have nobody to talk to about how hilarious. I'm going to binge season two so I can be that guy. Oh, I'd appreciate that. I just yeah. need somebody to laugh at all these different <laughs> moments from season two that have happened. Okay. <laughs> um. So there you go. That's my buried treasure. Nice. Is Future Man season two? Well, we did it, Andrew. Woo! They said it couldn't be done. I don't know why they were dissing us and saying we couldn't do it. They but say we, that every single we week. We proved them wrong, and we mm. did a podcast. Yep. One week, though, they're going to be right, you know. No! And we're we're going to fail. How dare you? We'll do a cast pod instead of a podcast. <laughs> that could happen. Yep. That absolutely could happen. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Force If Pop It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, or just search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Did some cast potting. Oh, I did it already. Uh, man. Uh, you can find Andrew on the socials at Flick Freaks. You can find me on the socials at Aaron Dicer. Uh, much love and gratitude to our supporters on Patreon for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real live boy. Uh, support starts three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support going to be directly helping Sif Pop expand this year to some fun new areas. You can find out more at patreon.com slash There are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, uh, leave a review at iTunes. We'd love to see that. Or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, here's the biggest thing. Your movie-loving friends will probably like this show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than figuring out what makes something actual art. Uh, spoiler chat for both movies coming up in your feed, so you can be ready for those. And then next week, I think we've got Legos, Andrew. What? Isn't next week Legos? <gasps> Do we have Legos next? Do we get to play with Legos? Oh, I'm already in line. <laughs>
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.